گفتگوهای روانشناسی توسط دکتر سعیده ملکفزلی از رادیو بامداد پخش برنامه روزهای چهارشنبه از ساعت دوازده تا یک بعد از ظهر Warm hello to our friends and listeners from Radio Bomdad. This is Saide Malikapsali speaking. I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandradi, two of my colleagues and friends. Um, we um, are working together at Tavana uh, organization. Tavana is a nonprofit organization supporting individuals seeking uh, psychological support. Uh, we um, have weekly program from Radio Bomba uh, today and to uh, any of the weekends from 12 to 1 o'clock. We have our program in English language. So we have listeners from all over the world. We are happy that our program is aired um, at the um, website uh, from Radio Bomba and it goes um, to the world for people who are listening to Radio Bamdad. Uh, we have more than 180 or up to 190 podcasts already that is aired on um, Radio Bamdad. And also you can listen to our podcasts uh, from Amazon Music, Spotify, iTunes, um, Google. You can Google us and under Culture and Psychology, listen to our program and invite people who prefer listening to Radio Bomdad in English language. So today, um, offline, we were talking about art and the importance of art and the creativity or even limitations that sometimes uh, people or centuries or history has faced with um, in art. So Dr. Rockers actually suggested uh, this topic and I'm sure he has more to say, but as Alex and I were talking um, before Dr. Rockers walked in, we we're just thinking art is such an expanded uh, topic that we can bring music into it. We can bring writing into it. Um, we can also just art itself, painting, drawing, and knitting. Um, it's so many things that even working with iron, people who create um, statues, people who, who put their hands into clays and all other um, materials that they create art with. So uh, there is this topic that we want to talk, and I hand it to Dr. Rockers, uh, who started this. I, I could jump in uh, before uh, and to add a little bit, Daniel, just to give you a little bit of a buffer, if you Excellent. will. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm just thinking uh, to expand on what Saide mentioned, the idea of Art as a form of expression, not just in, I think a lot of times people think of art in just the space of creativity for like enjoyment or pleasure. But I think what we're focusing on is also the, the how art can be in response to things and uh, sometimes even in opposition. It's a way sometimes to push up against what has existed in a way that doesn't have to be so negative or so uh, kind of confrontational, if you will. It, it allows us to do it in a way where we can be heard and express ourselves 
in a medium that can be seen as more than just somebody saying, I don't like that or no. It's not only do they not maybe want to go with what is, but even offering sometimes an alternative in that way. And so it's like, look at what could be. And so I think it's going to be very powerful in that way because we can argue and debate, but to show and to express alternatives can be something very empowering and very moving. I think when we think of art, a lot of times, and I think what Daniel was thinking of as art or mentioning was even just like the visual. And even that, you know, they, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. There can be so many things that a person takes from something such as a painting or a picture that speaks to them in a way of just look at what could be and just being able to explore an alternative in a whole different way versus feeling like, well, no, this is what it has to be, or this is what it's supposed to be to to have a a tangible representation of alternative, which can be conflictual. I think what that's the amazing thing about art. It could be appreciated. It could be valued in that enough of a buffer for you, Daniel. Yeah, it's very nice. (laughs) It's actually more than what I can encompass here. (laughs) I'm, and now I've lost my train of thought on there. I had a place I was headed for. Are you suggesting that the, what are you, what were you saying about the purpose of art? My question. I think of it as just a, a form of communication. Okay. And I would go even take that even a little deeper and say that it can be a form of processing our own feelings. It's a way of expression. And that is, I think expression is processing degree. So if it's an expression of resistance, then that's one thing, but it also can be an expression. There have been several art exhibits uh, in town that I've seen, which are done by people with chronic pain. They are making a depiction or expressing what does it feel like to have a chronic pain condition. I remember one image very clearly. So it does have had an impact on this viewer. That is, it's a, it was a, a, a painting about neuropathic pain, which is nerve pain in the feet. And this picture was the bottom of somebody's foot, the sole of their foot with several exacto knife blades shoved up in the sole of the foot. And that image, it got burned into my mind. And I always think of that one about art as expression for chronic pain. But in that way, it can help people with chronic pain resolve some of that problem that's going on inside. It doesn't fix the chronic pain, but somehow it can change, I think, the internal representation of where the meat. So art can be expression. It can be resistance as well. Well, that reminded me of uh, the uh, person who all of a sudden became very famous worldwide after what happened in Afghanistan, her painting, there was a woman that uh, all her paintings had um, people, especially women with no lips, with no mouth. And it was very expressive that that meant that women don't have voice. Women didn't have their mouth in, in the painting and it became worldwide famous all of a sudden and that painting was all over with the expression that uh, she actually created. And also there was another famous artist who actually did all the women without legs. Uh, that means they can move on. They can go forward. And it was all about 
what was happening in Afghanistan. It was very expressive. So is art not just for the person making the art, but also to communicate a message to the to the world, to way of speaking to the world? Yes. The metaphors. Yeah. And then you were mentioning something about the era in the Russia. Right. Well, kind of what brought up this topic for me was the idea that in the Soviet Union, this was probably back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, there was the state-sanctioned art that was allowed. And there were rules as far as what could be produced and what was not allowable to be produced. And the, my question that I was wondering about was, well, is the, in what way is that art? Can a lot of people, when I was there in Moscow, a lot of people complained about that art and said it was not really inspired art it wasn't really expressive it was all kind of similar and the same and that some people just cranked it out but i'm wondering based on our talk about limitation could that be considered art do you think people were doing that as art if they were too much overseen maybe that wasn't really true expression or true art in 1974, in the Soviet Union, there were a group of artists called, they were nonconformist artists. They didn't go along with this. And, and they sent in a request to do an exhibition in a park, and they never got any response from the state. So they decided to hold their own, they, or they decided to hold it anyway. It's like, okay, well, we didn't hear anything. Let's go ahead and hold it. So they hold it, they put it up in the park. And a few hours later, the KGB brings in bulldozers and bulldozes over all the art. Oh, gosh. It was a little bit brutal. However, what happened was that the foreign press was there observing the event. And mm -hmm. so they saw it and then it got reported. And then two weeks later, they actually were able to have their art without being. So it was the bulldozer exhibition. This is kind of interesting. <clears throat> What happened out of that, you know, in that way, some of the whole process that was really separate from the art itself made an impact, made a statement to the world. Yeah, it's interesting how, yeah, <clears throat> the, the opposition to it became part of that in a way where it's just like, yeah, you, you try to limit and constrict and you end up adding to it almost in that way. You end up supporting it. Unwilling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing too with uh, you know art in that way how you know to even in the attempt to suppress it and stifle it 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 actually tends to increase it in that way. There's just so much, and again, I think it goes to expression. There's so much that we get from being able to express kind of what you're experiencing or what you're you know is difficult in that way that it, it just it, it captures people. It captures people and it, it intrigues them in a way where it could be. And again, I think many psychologists, you know, this is what we think here, the, the value of the verbal expression of a person's experience in of itself, just saying it out loud, I say sometimes is therapeutic. It, and it's not that they say it out loud and I say this, you know, great interpretation that helps them, you know, see themselves in a deeper level. Sometimes it's just saying it out loud, even sometimes just them hearing themselves say it, and sometimes even just having another human being hear it, that itself is so powerful. And I think with art, it's that. It's the artist being able to see it. It's others being able to see it. Well, we are social beings, which means that we know ourselves through our interactions with other people. 
and going along with what you said, Alex, it's like knowing that somebody else is hearing me what I'm saying and not rejecting it. That there is a lot of therapeutic value in it. That is a lot of the psychotherapy experience. I say this, this is how I feel. I've maybe been hiding it from myself in some way, but I say it out loud and I hear it. And I also see that I'm actually supported in that, where yeah. that is. That can be very, very therapeutic. And I was just thinking about um, so many probably books or articles um, or saying that they're in different cultures and different languages. Um, they're famous people by their sayings that they're sarcastic, bringing up all the things that are in the society, in, um, you know, the history of um, issues that have come up. And we have famous people, like, for example, in Persian, we have a person that we always refer to, and it's it's actually very um, humor. But in that humor, there's so many issues that it's been said and talked about, which is um, socially actually um, uh, known or historically known. But it comes in a funny way and in a short, maybe even a story that is said from that person. But it has a lot of meaningful issues that when you think you laugh about it, but brings up all these issues in people's life or in the society or history that we have faced. So we got to our first break. We come back and continue our conversation about art in general. باید از سر نوشت شاید این با کمی بهتر نوشت آشقی را غرق در باور نوشت قصه ها را with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrade, and we continue our conversation regarding the general topic of art and what art can bring as um, expression. So, so far we've been talking about um, expression of art in general way, but also we know art is an expansion of so many other components, like, um, for example, music is part of art. Uh, writing is part of art. Uh, examples are vast when we talk about art, but in general, talking about art and expression in the society, in the um, history of human um, being, life, um, we have read so many different things. And I was just uh, explaining to my colleagues that uh, in our culture, 
there's so many great writers that they talk about um, so many great things that happen in the society and in the history and culture of our um, people, but in a very humorous way or sometimes in a very meaningful way. But there are all sorts of writing um, genres that people express themselves and also there are so many genres, even in um, expression of art with paintings. Uh, we have different era that the history has affected those eras of art. And um, there's so many literature when you read about how um, we have evolved in different ways of expression. And so we know that recently there's so many youngest stairs with their creativity has created so many digitally um, expression that they have done through art and their art pieces are being sold um, with high prices uh, digitally um, and it's very interesting to know where we are going with that um, it has become very beneficial for some people who are just thinking of business of art but also for the most part artists are doing art to express themselves, to express their creativity. But we also know that in today's world where business um, is also another component of some people's life that they focus on, uh, these art or artists have um, done so many transactions through their arts with the world. And now specifically, I hear digital arts are becoming more and more um famous and um, very expensive, actually. So uh, we continue our conversation about art and also the expression of art. It is said that good art evokes deep response. Mm -hmm. Do you agree or disagree with that and why? I do agree with that because you have your own interpretation of any piece of art. So I remember uh, at one point I was long ago, I was in a gallery and I was passing through the art pieces and I was just thinking, what was this artist thinking when um, in most of the art, there was the eye of a tiger? And I really wanted to know what was in the artist's mind that they did that. And as I was thinking about that, I was with one of my childhood friend who we talk freely we talk about ourselves and our expressions and and it, it's just uh, we're very comfortable with each other and I was just thinking what was that in each piece of this art and we had totally different expressions from our point of view which was very interesting and when she was sharing her um, interpretation of the art all of a sudden I thought, wow, so interesting that you talk about your interpretation. You talk about what you get from a painting, which might be completely different from what was in the head of the artist. Sometimes the artists talk about their um, feelings, their um, thoughts, and what they put into their art. And sometimes they just leave it to the eyes of um, person who sees it. I have a friend who is a famous um, artist and has exhibition 
uh, pretty much all over the world, especially in New York, in Paris, in other countries. And she's a great artist. And some of sometimes her art is uh, now in um, uh, some famous places. Um, so I was talking to her actually about her recent piece that she had put in her house. And usually she leaves it there. And then she might friends or people that she knows, they look at the art and then she puts it in um, famous places for other people to see. And then she either decides to sell it or keep it. And um, so we were talking about um, the piece that she had just newly created. And I said, I see so many eyes and I see so many um, for example, lips in your painting. And she said, how interesting. Uh, it's, she didn't say anything about what was in her mind that she created that, but she says, that is so interesting. I just leave it to interpretation of the people. She didn't share what was in that piece. And that's why she leaves it there for people to talk about it, to express what they see. Um, but um, but it was even interesting for her what I was seeing or what other people were seeing. And we all were standing there looking at that piece. So I think um, from back to your question, um, it is really, um, yeah, it's, it's just expands it to how we perceive those pieces of art. Alex, do you think good art evokes a response? Do you think that's a good definition for art? I am tempted to disagree just to present an alternative uh, uh, response. Uh, yeah, just the, into the, again, I'm not just trying to be defiant, uh, but uh, I, I'm just thinking again, it might sound very like harsh. Like I think sometimes art can be just like titillating in a way where it's just like, oh, that looks really nice. And then you go back and you live your life. And so it's, it, I think it's one of those things where it, I think it's in, in, in the eye of the person, because I think art can be anywhere in life. You can go to, I, I love to travel. I think I've talked about that before. Art could be in, in a landscape that you're witnessing and you're viewing, and it can just be the beauty of nature in that way. Or you can go to an art museum and you can look around and shake your head and be like, ooh, read the little captions. And, and you're just kind of taking it in for a moment, but then you're just, you know, you're not really absorbing it in that way. And so, and I thought that because of what you were just sharing today, how your friend brings that to her friends and says, let me share this with you. And I can see in that more like intimate kind of setting it not just being this, oh, let's look at art or art for the sake of art, but art for this kind of deeper kind of self, you know, just just experience, if you will. And so I, I think for a lot of people, because there's some people who say, I don't like art. I think like I don't want to go to a museum and look at a bunch of pictures. Like, what's the point of that? And I'm, I'm thinking about those people right now. So if you're one of those people, I'm thinking about you, not in a way of, oh, look, you know, you have a, a skewed view or, you know, you, you don't appreciate what's there. It's you probably like art, but think of it in a whole different way. So if you don't like the paintings in the in the museums, think of those things that when you look at it, it kind of maybe humbles you. It kind of brings you into the sense of awareness within the moment that you're in kind of what you're seeing. 
And that can be people who like love motorcycles. You know, a person who loves motorcycles will look at a motorcycle and say, oh, that's beautiful. Listen to the way it sounds, oh, the way it rides. To them, that's their art. And they can take that in in a way that that really feels like for maybe me or you or the three of us, we look at that and like, that's just a loud motorcycle. Like, and it's dangerous, you know? And it's just like, why would I look at that with beauty in that way? And so I, I think that's something too that's so important in what we're talking about. It's it's not just this maybe conventional idea of art and and you know staring at a picture on the wall, but but really embracing the beauty that we see in what others create or what exists in the world as well. So that, that's my that's my defiant answer right there, Daniel. That that's what I think. All right. As you were talking, Alex, I was just thinking about the way I see art. So I'm sure everyone has a different um, opinion or likes or dislikes, or I was just thinking uh, anytime I go to galleries, I go to museums and I look at the art, I often think of the artists rather than the art itself. It's interesting. I was just thinking, what do I think? I always think of um, what mindset the artist had what is this piece in relation to the artist? What was he trying to say? Um, and, and it's interesting. All of a sudden, I was just thinking, what do I think when I see a piece? I mostly think of the artist. People are more important to me, regardless of their creation. And I like to know more about them because knowing more about them explains more about their creation. So when you say, Dan, a good piece of art, does it evoke response? Is this right with your, your question? Right. Uh, I want to emphasize, it's not me that said good right, art. Right, right, right. No, I'm just saying you... you Have some accountability, up. Daniel, yeah. all right, for your uh, comments. You want to be well, clear. <laughs> so I want to say, first of all, good or bad is how we see it, you know. But let's say it's really good in everybody's mind and evokes response in regards to, I would say, what went on in the mind of that artist at that moment that created that, evokes that in me. Okay, okay. So it evokes a response, some sort of deep response. Absolutely. I I like to know more about, yeah, that artist. Well, what era was it? What was happening in the history at that time? You know, what what was the society like at that point? You know, because when a lot of museums that you go to, there are pieces of 1800th century, 1700, um, you know, that type of things. Um, and, and it just takes you back to the history at that time and the limitations of the society sometimes. Well, what about abstract art? Things in which there's not like a, a definable form. That I would always look at the coloring and beauty because it's hard to go with different things, you know, because the coloring uh, all of a sudden comes to my mind that the beauty of mixing of colors or sometimes I see um, and it's so funny because I always see faces in any paintings. I look for faces. <laughs> and sometimes I, I just say, even my son has done a lot of abstract paintings. And I go, 
oh, there's a face there. And he goes, okay, you make you make up that face because I didn't put any face. But honestly, everywhere I look, I see faces. And even on abstract paintings, uh, I look for faces. <laughs> Trying to impart impart your uh, your your preference on the paintings. <laughs> that's what I want to see. Yeah, that's my interest in life. People, <laughs> I look for them everywhere, even yeah. in paintings. Yeah. Well, I've seen some art that, and we can pick this up after the break, which we need to take a break. But I've seen some art that, to me, it looks like somebody just got drank a six pack of beer and scribbled <laughs> on the canvas. I don't grasp it so let's take a break and we'll come back and pick up one what does it mean شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگه صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین از رادیو بامداد هستیم در خدمتتون روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه به زبان انگلیسی از ساعت 12 تا که بعد از ظهر با دکتر راکرز دکتر اندرادی هستیم من سعیده ملک افزلی هستم امیدوارم که اگر کسانی هستن که فکر میکنین از برنامهمون استفاده میبرند دعوتشون کنین که به برنامه ما توجه بکنن ما پادکست های زیادی تا کنون به زبان انگلیسی با دو همکارم دکتر اندرادی و دکتر راکرز از رادیو بامداد داریم ما در شرکت توانا که یک شرکت غیرانتفاعی هستش از جون سال 2018 با هم همکاری داریم و یک شرکتی هست که برای تمام افرادی که احتیاج به کمک های روانشناسی دارن و همطور ما فرهنگ برامون خیلی مهم هستش به همین دلیل اسم برنامهمون هم هست Culture and Psychology شما میتونیم پادکست های ما رو از طریق رادیو بامداد یا از طریق آمازون میوزیک اسپاتیفای گوگل آیتون سرچ کنین و تحت تاپیک های مختلف اونها رو پیدا کنین و در وقت مناسب بشنوین ما تا کنون صحبت میکردیم راجع به هنر به طور کلی به طور عام و میدونیم که هنر شامل خیلی چیزا میشه و صحبتامون به طور کلی در این مورد در دو قسمت قبل بود اگر که به بقیه برنامهمون توجه بکنین ادامه صحبت به زبان انگلیسی خواهد بود Oh, 
Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrade, and we continue our conversation on the topic of art. And uh, so far, we've been talking about um, expression of art, um, and also uh, the last part of our conversation was mainly, uh, do we have a response when we look at an art? And we conversed about that question. So now we are continuing the last part of our conversation about art. What do you guys think? Have you ever seen any art that you thought it's I, my child could do this, or this looks like a kindergarten drawing? I feel like that. Yeah, Maybe. I feel like the Jackson Pollock pitch paintings that people love. It's just like splattered, like mess in that way, and they're worth like millions of dollars. I mean, it's. I, I really, every time I see those pictures, I mean, they, they are beautiful in their own way, but I always think I can do that. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it, I mean, that's one of the the ones that jumps out to me is like, how is that like worth so much money first and foremost, but then, yeah, how is that, that unique in a way? Or when there's something like very simplistic, sometimes somebody put like, it'll be like all white and there'll be like one dot. And it's like, yeah, they're like, that's my art, you know? And I'm like, I could literally do that. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, those, there are, there's definitely art that make me question that uh, very thing, Daniel. I saw an exhibit of something once and I can't, it was, it was like a, a frame and somebody had hung something up there, like a broom or maybe it was a rake or something. And that was the, that was the piece of art. Like you go down to Ace Hardware and you buy the broom. <laughs> <laughs> that it was meaning something but that eluded me i could not probably wouldn't count that as art i guess anything could be art but how was how is that well art? to answer that um dan and alex have i just uh, insulted somebody you know so no, 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 no. your person who with did the lips thing no um, i am always, actually Honestly, I always had those types of questions in my heart of heart, but I never express it. But sometimes you go to um, some exhibitions or you see something online and you go, as Alex expressed, how in the world this can be really named an art. And I can do that too, even though I'm not an artist. But I was just going to say the good artists, they start with all those rules, all those studies, all those step-by-step going through, you know, different era of art. They're expert. And then they break the rules. 
So I hear that from many artists, many poets, many writers, that all of a sudden you see a piece of writing or a piece of uh, poetry that you just go, I can say that. But it's not that. It, you have to have gone through all those steps to become an artist, become a famous artist. And then in your ways, you can break those rules and create something outrageous. So I was right. just going to say, maybe, maybe those people that you, we think their piece is sort of nonsense They've gone through all those steps and then all of a sudden they break the rules and they they create something. You know, even if you think of Picasso, there are pieces in many museums from Picasso work that you just feel like, you know, what is it? But we know that he broke the rule and then all of a sudden you see the eyes on the top, the chin is somewhere else. Uh, no, seriously, you've seen that. Yeah, so, I've seen it. He, he broke the rules at certain point. But when you go back to the original paintings, they were classic painters. They they could do amazing work on, on painting the eyes that would speak to you. But then all of a sudden they break all these rules. All right. I'm I don't understand Picasso art. I don't know how to see it. I guess I don't know how to perceive it as the best I can come up with. And I, but I get the idea of breaking the rules. And I, my metaphor for that is somebody who is a good baker, like my mother, she can bake bread and she can break the rules. And we probably, most of us know somebody like that. And what they turn out is like top quality product. And they can violate some of these known rules of baking or they don't measure and they just do this and they do that. Oh, I thought I would add that. And it's like, wow, that's really good. Some of that art like that, I don't say, wow, that was really good. I say, what is that? That looks, you know, with an eye on top and two noses sticking out. I don't, I'm not criticizing it. I don't get it. How, how, how do yeah. I read it? Is it like a double exposure? Is it what? Yeah. Oh, no, I, getting, I totally get it, Dan. Confusion yeah. or like annoyance. Like. Yeah. No, seriously. And I think a lot of people don't even talk about it because they think if they say that, uh, it will count against them saying, mm -hmm. you know, you don't know anything. No, I'm, I'm happy that you're opening this up because that happens in poetry. That happens in pieces of writing. That happens in music. Like, for example, there is now a famous singer in uh, Persian culture, that when you listen, you just feel like how I can count this person as a good singer. I don't hear any um, sounds that I feel like this is coming from a good voice. But then all of a sudden, he becomes famous. People love his uh, way of singing. And sometimes I feel like, is it me that I don't understand? I like to talk about it to people who are following this person who feel like he is such an amazing artist or singer that happens to all of us at points you know even I remember you know the older generation like my father's time or my uncle's time I remember I was in their conversation talking about exact same thing that they were sort of amazed of some of these singers or some of these painters some of these that they felt like who would just say these are, um, you know, good singers or good writers. 
but I guess I always felt like maybe because their mind is set in a different era, they haven't broke or, or gone further to their era, out of their era. And I'm always asking myself this. Maybe I'm set in a different era. That's why I feel like these are good painting. These are good writing. Maybe I need to know more so that with understanding about it, then I can just, you know, express how I feel about it. Well, I think what happens for a lot of stuff like that is that people buy the name mm-hmm. instead of necessarily the art. And here's my reasoning on this. Let's take Picasso, for example. I'll bet you, I don't know this, but I'll bet you a lot of money that if you could find some of drawings he did as a child, they would be worth a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe that anybody who's an artist didn't go through learning process and make some crummy drawing picture. But I'll bet any of those crummy pictures that Picasso did, if there were something to offend the lovers, I'm not against it. I just don't get it. But I'll bet any of those drawings from childhood would be worth a ton of money. And in that case, it would be, I submit, buying the name and art. Oh, that goes with the clothing. I was uh, reading some of the clothing of Marilyn Monroe or famous queens. Um, uh, They're being sold for millions of dollars. And you just go figure why people want this million dollar (laughs) old dress uh, from famous person. I, I guess exactly the same thing, you know, just name. Well, maybe it brings up a different point that maybe art isn't just about what was produced. Maybe it's about that person. Yeah, interesting. And talking about clothing, um, now art, part of art is uh, also designs, clothing designs, which now it's spread out. And and you just sometimes I remember there were just a few famous names with high prices. But now there's so many designers that I haven't even heard their names, but their clothing is as expensive as those few brands that they were famous worldwide. Um, I remember they were only just maybe um, not even more than five uh, when you knew all those uh, top names. But now they're hundreds. And even the prices sometimes are even more than those we knew. So expression of art goes um, so many ways with clothing, um, with um, perfumes, um, with so many other things, accessories. Alex, can you comment maybe on how this may or may not relate to comic books, a comic book art, that sort of thing? Oh, yeah. There's uh, actually, it reminds me, there's this, um, in comic books, there are these uh, variant covers. And what it is, it's almost like a special edition cover. And so a lot of times these variants, you know, majority of the time, they're the same price as the actual comic. Uh, comics tend to nowadays range between like three ninety nine, four ninety nine. dollars uh, But th- with some of the variants, uh, because they're kind of like special edition, they're worth, you know, $15, $20. Uh, and it's right, you know, brand new. It's not even, you know, an old collectible. It's just because it's this rarity that it's worth some money in that way. And sometimes it's because who the artist is that created it. 
sometimes it's the design of it. Um, I myself have bought a couple of them. I think the most I've spent was like $10 or $15 on one kind of variant cover. Um, there's an artist uh, actually who I'm going to be reaching out to and hoping he speaks on uh, Psychology Plus, uh, the podcast I do, that talks about uh, he, he creates these variants and they're they're just adorable. They're like the uh, the superheroes or the villains as like toddlers almost. And so uh, in this very kind of animated way. And so it's really cool because a lot of times it's just something different, something kind of unique in that way. And so that's why in, in the comic book realm, these variants can be really popular. I've seen some go for, God, I want to say the most I seen one go for was like 60 bucks or like 80 bucks for like basically one comic book. Uh, and it's just because of the design of it in that way. So yeah, these things can have a lot of value just on the aesthetic of it or who the artist is as well. And then you, these are collector items. Is that correct? It's not so much for reading or is it more collect as art or how does. Yeah. I, I think people, well, yeah, I think people collect them as art um, more so uh, as collectibles. Um, sometimes people will display them. I actually have a couple of comic books that are the variants uh, displayed uh, in, in my home. Um, and just cause they're, they're something that are a little different in that way. And, and similarly, too, there was a, a design a while back, a series of um, like a theme, I guess is the best word, of comic book covers that were, uh, were mimicking uh, famous uh, album covers. And th- specifically, they were focusing on uh, rap artists. And so uh, one that I have actually that I have displayed, it's of uh, Captain Marvel. Um, uh, a woman who it's the, the the cover is mimicking uh, Kanye West album cover. And so it's this blending of art in a way where you have comic books kind of paying homage and, 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 and kind of making reference to these, these musical album covers that have been like pivotal in the music world. So it's like art, art combined with art. So it's, it's pretty uh, interesting and pretty popular in that way too. Hmm. And that goes with um, cover of books as well. You know, some of the books are more expensive because of the design, because of the, uh, you know, different types of um, the cover that they sell the books. And when you go to check on different books, you see that of one book, one title, there's so many different prices. One is with hardcover, one is with a different design. The material is the same except the new artist and the new design has covered um, for the cover book, has designed the cover, and the prices goes different. And, and it's interesting because sometimes, back to your question, Dan, you just think the material is the same, the content is the same. So how come people go for different cover? You know, Are they really looking at the content or are they looking at the design of the book? They're paying twice as much for a book that the material is the same, but except the cover is different. Or it could be signed by the uh, writer, signed by the author. Yes. I mean, as Alex, as you were talking about your comic books, I'm thinking, please don't hear me wrong. I'm thinking, all right, yeah, what do you, now once you get those, what do you do with them? I'm envisioning that they're in plastic covers and things like that. 
And then I immediately think, well, I've got books. I buy books and I like sets of books and I have them on my shelf. So every so often I can like take them down and look through them or look something up. And I would imagine it's the same sort of a thing for your collection. Is that correct? Or Yeah, I think with comic books, as well as even people will collect like action figures and things like that, where they're, they leave them in the case, they don't open them, they just uh, accrue them and, and put them on, on display. I mean, people have done this too. Think about it. People have like their fine china, like maybe they'll use it once a year, but tends to just sit in the shelf on display, but not actually being used. And so it's one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, that's grandma's fine china or that's mom's fine china, where it gets to the point where it's like, we don't even use it. Like, why do they have it? What's the point of that? And it's just sometimes it's that that the the pieces that they like, it's this collector's kind of or like family heirloom. Um, yeah, probably totally functional. You could probably use it every day, but it's like, oh wait, no, let's let's preserve that in that way. People do that with like shop uh, shot glasses or travel places. They'll get shot glasses. They'll keep them that way. Um, I have some coffee mugs uh, that when I go to different places, I'll get a coffee mug uh, of that place. Um, yeah, I think people are it's something I've, I've thought a lot about too. And I've actually been wanting to research more. What's the draw to this collecting and just acquiring in that way? There's something about it. It gives us something. Um, and it, it's something too, when it comes to artists, people can get obsessed with an artist or a type of art and they want to accrue those things. But then, yeah, it's a great question, Daniel. What do you do with them? What do you do with them once you got them? You know, you maybe put them on display, but there will be people who, they're not really even on display. They're like put away, they're protected, they're safeguarded. And it's like, well, the person doesn't even get to enjoy them visually in that way. It's like, well, they know they have it and they maybe could tell people they have it, but they don't show it. So it's like, what does that do? What's the value in that? So yeah, I think art kind of brings all these questions up. Like what's it like not just to witness it or to view it, excuse me, but to even own it, possess it, collect it. Like, what does that, what does that do for us? What does that give to us? Um, yeah, it's interesting what you said, because do we ever even think of this? Because when you mentioned the China or a piece from grandparents or from parents, um, it's from, um, you know, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, and then you're afraid to use it because you may break it or <laughs> no, seriously. And then you just put it in a safe place. You're so happy that, you know, you have a piece from them, but you don't use it. Um, you just keep it safe somewhere. So do we ever think of these kind of things and the usage of it or questioning ourselves? What are these for? What are we proud for having those pieces? I mean, these are questions to have. And I'm sure there are people who spend tons of money on, on things that they think is valuable. But then with those valuable things that we put it behind the closed doors or shelves, what is for that? Or or we, we put a lot of great books in our shelves. Do we even get to read them? Do we even know why we are keeping them? Um, I see lately there's a trend that people have a little cute box in front of their house have you noticed with books that they said? Tiny library. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Mm -hmm. And I just love those. I value so much for people who do that. And when I pass by, I just stand. Honestly, every time I see that, I stand and I look at the house 
And I just feel like, who is inside this house? You know, you have some <laughs> sort of image, you know? Seriously, who is the artist? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you like, what kind of people would do this? This is great that you put your books out for people to read and, and pay it forward and put it for other people to read. So anyways, with that, I have to say, we got to the end of our program and we will say our final things. Start with Dr. Rockers. I'll jump in with my final thing. I, kind of riffing off our last topic there, which was we save these things and we may not use them. Yeah, if you've ever helped clean up somebody's house after the past, you realize so much of that stuff, it has meaning for the individual and, and may not even have value for following up. I can remember when I was in graduate school, helping out the attic, we were looking at stuff and we did not know the meaning of what this news for that news at all. You know, it was all gone and it really struck me so much like, well, why am I keeping this stuff? I need to make sure whatever stuff I'm keeping has clear meaning for me. And I just need to be clear about that and not deceive myself that whatever is, whatever we do. So that's what I would say is be clear about why you're, what's going to happen to it when you pass on. Mm -hmm. That's like a whole separate episode because yeah, I have a lot to say about that. Uh, But yeah, I will, we'll put a pin in that. We'll come back to that one. But uh, in regards to what we talked about today, uh, I was just going to say, you know, uh, art doesn't have to be what, you think art is art can be the thing that you see and, and and appreciate and value in your own life in that way so if you're into motorcycles if you're into comic books if you're into little teacups or you know little porcelain dolls whatever it is a nature even you know be able to appreciate the art that you value and think about what that feels like to you so that way when you see somebody else's art or what they value as art you can maybe see it in a little different way. Our last conversation, which we pin it for next time, because I have so much to talk about that too. And I think it's a good conversation to uh, have. I want to say we're talking about art and talking about this last topic of why we keep things. I think it's an art of living. Sometimes we don't think about things and we do it without a depth of thoughts of why we are doing it. So many of us are guilty of that. And we do this without even thinking. But I think the art of living is very important question that do we have that, you know, collecting things and putting it somewhere that we never use, leaving it for our children to clean up one day, which doesn't make any sense to them. And thinking of all these things that we do, and we want to keep it for our children, if we have children, and if we don't, we want to uh, give it to some loved ones or donate it to places. But do we ever think if we are living the life we should? So with that, I want to thank our colleagues, um, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, and we wish you all a very wonderful week ahead. We come back definitely to talk about a good topic of why we keep things for days that we may never use them. So have a wonderful day.
گرچه سرد و سخت زیباست موج این دریا گرد از سر گذاشتم سر نوشتت سر گذاشتم Sun. 